on this episode of Animation Deliberation, we finally, finally, finally get this year's coverage of Young Justice Season 4, Phantoms. I'm very excited. My guest is very excited. We will talk to you right after these ads we have no control over. When it's time to give a truly special gift to that special someone in your life, why not turn to a jeweler you can trust? Solomon Brothers Jewelers is a family-owned business that's earned Atlanta's trust for decades with high quality, low prices, and the largest selection. Solomon Brothers has thousands of wedding bands, engagement rings, and loose diamonds in stock. Shop Solomon Brothers online at SolomonBrothers.com, SolomonBrothers.com, or stop by stores with locations in Buckhead or Alpharetta and experience the best. You're invited to explore Cypress Swamps, and magical gardens and float along the rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. Plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi, wanderers welcome. We know you know the words. It's animation, deliberation, a conversation and a celebration of a favorite action animated series. Yeah. All right, welcome back back everybody hopefully you have had plenty of time to listen to all of our coverage of young justice from season one to three we are finally here to talk about season four this is the show where we take action animation seriously but not too seriously i am very excited my guest is very excited andrew rogers how are you doing today i am doing fantastic young justice is back i have been waiting along with all of you as fans out there and now i'm here to talk about it with everyone we're up to date it's finally happening it's real and it's so emotional and great and i love everything about it we're super bummed that jay scotty couldn't be here but he's with steel on the javelin right now investigating on some uh peculiar apocalypse conundrums I think that's the right word so we'll hear from him soon but for now let's talk about episodes one through six you want to start with the opening credits I do. You know what? Let's go through a five-star review. We'll talk about some opening credits, and then we will read an email. How does that sound? That sounds fantastic. I feel like a professional would actually plan this stuff out beforehand, but here we are. <laughs> All right, so we have a five-star review from Noonien Sung. Uh, Toon Time. Really an entertaining show about the best cartoon shows around. Thanks for putting the time into making this for us. Lots of fun. Appreciate you. Leaving that five-star review, appreciate you enjoying. Uh, We'd love to hear some feedback, too. So if anybody has stuff to say, animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Non-spoiler thoughts. Give yourself, like, 30 seconds to a minute. Go. So I love this season from the start. We're back to our kind of homegrown roots. Our original bunch of characters are back on screen. We're caring about their stories. This is a character-driven show, and that's exactly what they're giving us. Everyone that we love is kind of back in the saddle. It's action, it's emotion, and it's just, again, everything that I want it to be, both beautiful and nuanced and just French kiss, as we like to say around here. <laughs> I... I I, I can't say too much without getting into the spoiler ne sp- yeah. spoiler spoiler ness of it. But yeah, it's Well your thirty seconds is up, so don't stress it. Okay, perfect. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm gone I'm done. I will see you all next week. Uh yeah, I agree with that. Episode one kind of gave us like a baseline of what to go off of and then just bam, it was just heavy hitting emotions, actions, comedy, 
all of it right off the bat. It's everything we love about the show. The graphics have gotten better. The animation style has gotten better. The story is strong as ever. Everybody we love is in there. And uh, we have like 20 some episodes to go. And I'm excited to talk about all of them. Yeah, and I'm, I try not to be too negative, but the reason that I say the characters we love are back, I wasn't the biggest fan of season three because they kind of pushed our main characters off to the side, and I think they're changing that for season four by bringing us yeah. uh, most of our original six back to the uh, main forefront here. Somebody else who has a lot of thoughts on this show is TJ Stafford, who has been writing into the SP chat quite a bit uh if anybody wants to talk to us directly strand a pan a chat on facebook uh it's probably the easiest way to get a direct response out of us but if you want us to talk about stuff on the podcast and we highly recommend the email but um we got a, a bit of a lengthy email from tj so we're gonna go through that just to kind of get an overarching idea of some of the stuff that happens and then we're gonna kind of break down the stories we go does that work with you that works for me. Let's hear what TJ All has right. to say. All right. My last few posts about the show on the SP chat didn't really generate much discussion, so I figured I'll just send my feedback right to you guys. I'm growing to appreciate how they are setting up this season. It looks like each of the OG team members are getting their own arcs, and they are supported by other members of the team. Wasn't sure how I'd like that at first, because I love how the originals interact with each other, but it's growing on me. The only through line seems to be Beast Boy. Obviously, Connor's death on top of the other trauma the show has touched on already is really starting to weigh him down. Whatever happened with Perdita obviously has something to do with it as well. There has been a lot of emphasis in the last two seasons on Artemis' degree in literature. I like that they are starting to sprinkle that into her flashbacks now, and even having her quote that episode's book in the end credits. I'm also curious to learn more about Artemis' boyfriend. The show never introduces anyone that isn't important at some point. I know you guys had a lot of questions about Orphan last season, and I'm glad we got some answers. I'm a bit familiar with the character from comics, but I wasn't sure enough to comment on it. But she eventually replaces Barbara as Batgirl, I believe. Where do you guys stand on Onyx versus Cassandra? My knee-jerk reaction is to lean towards Onyx just because she... Just because she just seems like she fits in with the team more. But maybe that's why she's a good mole? Hard to say, but I hope they resolve it soon. I think that's all I have for this one. Hope to hear your guys' thoughts soon. TJ Stadford. P.S. Black Spider is my favorite villain in the series. <laughs> I definitely, I mean, I was texting you like while I was watching this last couple of episodes. As soon as he kills, like, Black Spider's back! <laughs> I said Spider-Man's back. Spider-Man's back. My response was exactly, you know, DC giving us more uh, Spider-Man than Marvel will at this time. So, yeah, Mar you all wanted you all wanted multiverse stuff with Spider-Man. Here's another variant that just hopped into DC as a villain. Go get your Spider-Man. Watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is this Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield? Who plays this one? <laughs> Uh, I think one of the biggest things off of this that we should talk about is the fact that it's being split up into arcs, which is really fascinating. Uh, as yes. a lover of anime, I do like that it can be sectioned off. Like if you ever wanted to rewatch something like you can pick like so for Naruto, for example, you'd be like, I just feel like watching the tuning exams. I just feel like watching the Sasuke capture arc. I just feel like watching the Great War. Like you you don't have to go off season in this. Like you can pick a particular storyline 
and just have that moment with those episodes and kind of, you know, talk. It's it's like mini movies. And because I hadn't watched so long, I do appreciate that the first four episodes being arc one, I got to kind of binge that little movie together. And now I'm like halfway through the other movie. So how do you feel about the arc so far? Um, I agree. I really like the arcs. Um, there's plenty of other shows that do stuff like that. Uh, Star Wars, The Clone Wars is one that comes to my mind. Of mm-hmm. I loved watching the miniature arcs like that. It always is interesting when you have to watch it on a weekly basis, because you yeah. never know when the movie is going to kind of come to a head. So it mm-hmm. makes it a little bit more interesting, because we didn't know that arcs were happening until this first arc ended. And then yeah. we went into episode five and... It obviously had an effect on this next arc, but it wasn't at the forefront anymore. Um, So it's good and bad. Um, The only bad that I can think of is I'm still currently in denial of everything that is happening. (laughs) (laughs) So that might just be a little bit of a, we'll come back to this later for me to actually properly process what's going on. But I really like the way that they have this set up for arcs. Because it's like you said, it's a good story that you can just sit down, chunk through at any given time, and I think it's going to make it a bit more fluid of a show because yeah. of that. Because up until now, all of the it, it was a very episodic show, but all the stuff did melt together really well. Like everything was connected in some way or another. But this seems easier to track. It's easier to kind of get an overall idea of what's happening, especially because we have so many characters, we have so many stories, we have so many uh, scenarios that we can now bounce back off. We don't, they don't need to build as much. They can work off of what we as watchers already know. Yeah. And if you look at it, season one probably would have given you that first episode where you have the fake out of the John Jones death and then given you whiplash and sent you over to Cheshire. And now we don't have to do that. Instead, you can kind of see what happens in one big chunk as opposed to jumping around and then having to remember all of these through lines at the end. It kind of gives I I know we're going to have an overarching story because they still left so many cliffhangers out there, but it will be a little bit easier to process i think for all of us and it kind of makes it feel more like a comic book like that was a good little comic run of hey mm-hmm. what happened on mars and then oh we're going to talk about the earth story now while all the stuff is still waiting to come to a head in the back yeah i think those are super crucial points so before we break down arc one um opening cre- opening scene opening music jay scotty messaged me saying that this is the best one yet I was like, how dare you say that? Uh, the first one will always be the best. And he was right, because it's the same music, just <laughs> amped up a little more. Yes. So, Jay Scott, you were right. That is the best. I was squealing like a child when it started up and they had uh, the pop-ups of all of our original characters. And I was like, ah, this looks so good. I love it. And especially like the, the minute details in there, like, it has all of their codes when they go into the Zeta tubes, but like it actually cycles through the codes too, depending on when they were on the team, when they were justice leaguers. And yep. then like with Artemis and Tigris, like you see the name change. Um, I saw like a couple of them had another number in there. I'm assuming that's their age. Cause like rocket had a 26 nightwing had a 27. Somebody else had a 25. So I feel like that's how old they are. I I believe if I've been keeping up with all of the Zeta Tube numbers, that's just their number in whatever team they're on. So like 
Batman is uh, whatever zero one because he's the first member of the Justice League. Superman is zero two, and then if you jump over the team, Aqualad is one. Robin was two. Kid Flash was three. Yeah. And, but there's and, another number after that. But I think that means that he's finally cycled over to the Justice League. So he's the 23rd member of the Justice League. And Rocket is the 28th member of whatever team it is that they're on now. I I think that's what it's corresponding to. I could be wrong. I tried to pay attention, but I agree with you. I was very uh, excited at what was going on. And there's so much so yeah, much I more tried, than I last I watching it every time because that's one of those openers you just don't skip. Uh, even if you're binging episodes and I, uh, yeah, because just they would have openers ever, they would have their code numbers and then there would be a number in the twenties underneath, but like Miss Martian and Superboy didn't have it because I think one's like 10 years old and the other is like 110, um, uh, cradle robber. Am I right? <laughs> uh, that, so that's why, because they put specifically the twenties for those particular characters, I feel like that's supposed to be their, their age. That could be it. I can't remember because I know I did the math the other day because I just wanted to see how close my age was to Nightwings. But um, it, you could very well be correct. I'm going to have to pay more attention to that. But um, part of the reason I wanted to bring this up is we have our original five members in there. Um, rest in peace, Kid Flash. He's our sixth. But then we also have Zatanna and Rocket. How does does that mean we're going to get an arc for each of them? We think that they're going to be, you know, more important because I'm oh Lord have mercy. If I know you are both down for a Zatanna <laughs> arc, but <laughs> I'm just curious. Ooh. Is this a hundred percent happening? Uh, oh, if you stole my heart, like as soon as her thing came up and I was like, hello, my love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously this is an audio form. So none of you can see us, but Zuhair and I are both very red in the face right this moment. <laughs> This is how we became friends. <laughs> and for a brown man, that says a lot. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I I absolutely love the opener. You you can't skip it. It's so good. No, it's it, it really gave me everything that I wanted to. It was very nostalgic almost in a way. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the closers? I absolutely love them. They took the closers from season three, wherein we got to just watch Wolf sleep. And instead, we got, I know the first one was watching Wolf sleep, but you got to listen to Dinah counseling Halo. And there was some character development in there, some really interesting stuff that was said about her, her relationship with Brion, and her relationship with her previous life as Gabrielle or Gabriella. Um, I think it's Gabrielle. Gabrielle Uh, just that first one was like okay we're doing something different here this is really interesting and they've given us emotion they've given us things to do um the third episode I have written in bold in my notes is the best thing that the show has ever done because that outro in the third episode was hilarious Um, what was uh remind me real quick what the second one was let's see it was wolf talking or it was wolf asleep the second one was Let's see. Oh, it oh, was, it was uh, boy. listening to the voicemail from Perdita. Yeah. Begging the question, were they together? Are they not together? So let's just let's burn through those real quick. Yeah. The first one was very heavy. Um, it was Canary talking to Halo about, you know, what issues she's having. We talked about Brion. Um, the Islam conversation kind of like made me perk up a little bit because I was like, where are you going with this? 
I uh, just, I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know how to, f- I guess I was just worried. And I think that's just a tendency of like people within this culture of just kind of like, where's this going? Please don't mess it up. Um, so she was talking about like how Gabrielle was a Muslim. So she wore her hijab. So she was like, I know I'm a different person, but I feel like this is a connection that I respect, which is why I wear it. So I was like, okay, that's as far as they went with it. But that, that, that bit of dialogue was just interesting to me. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, and I was really excited to hear whatever your thoughts were going to be um, on that matter. Yeah, because I know they're trying to they're trying to tackle social issues without it taking away from the show. And except for the the Lex Luthor moment um, last season, which I think is a political issue, not a social issue, which is why I'm not going to touch on it. I think they'd be doing a pretty good job at being inclusive and, you know, talking about social issues and stuff uh, and in making it part of the story and being an important part of the story that it just doesn't divert away, but there's an attention being brought to it. So the fact that they went heavy on actually like addressing what her religion was and her perspective on it was, it was, it was, it was nice. Yeah, I agree. They've done a really good job with this show of talking about issues in a poignant matter that doesn't take away from anything it matters to the story because this is just what is happening yeah um so going on to the second one is beast boy going through his phone uh looking at images of him and his team and in the back is a a voicemail from perdita his girlfriend which it sounds like they're still together right i don't know there's the line that is something along the lines of like you know i miss you and i i missed you before all of this so like stay safe so i don't know if that meant they broke up but she missed him and now she's missing him more because they're on mars i i'm not totally sure i will say just judging from his angst in the sixth episode i would say they probably broke up Hmm. because he shut the tv off before she could come on and say anything that felt very like i can't face her right this moment kind of thing i took it as they were still together, but they don't see much of each other because he's dealing with the outsiders and she's dealing with the border issues. Because she even says, like, I wish it was my dad that had to do this and I miss you in this and that. So I feel like it's just like because of their responsibilities as well-known people around the world, like they just haven't had time for each other, which has been uh, stressful. Yeah, um, I think it's just going to keep coming up for sure. And I think that's part of why I haven't dwelled on it. As we've said, this show does a really good job of setting things up for a reason. Mm-hmm. It feels like Gar's mental state is going to be a through line of this show. And Perdita is going to be very important to that, especially with uh, the issues going on with her country and Brion's country that I can't remember the name of. Is that Bialia? Markovia. Markovia. But, I can't remember her country's name, though. That might be Bialia? No, Bialia is Queen Bee, isn't it? I thought she was Karak. Oh, made up. Geography. No, Bialia is Queen Bee. You are correct. I promise we're usually more professional than this and have this all I don't know up. why you keep calling me professional, dude. <laughs> oh, I think I am. Vlatka? Sure, I like it. 
It's spelled V-L-A-T-A-V-A. Vlatva? Vlatva? I think like when you say it fast, it just sounds like Vlatva. Flat. Yep. All right, so anyways, people from Markovia, the non-metas, are running away to Vlatva, and she's having issues because she's the queen trying to figure out, like, the refugee case and who's actually trying to run away because they're scared and who's, like, you know may have other intent uh again social issues around the world they're trying to slide into the story um we'll see where it goes next up is by far our favorite i think that's kind of agreed on is superman just chilling in the grass in the watchtower looking down at earth with his boots off like the the, the scene is just boots and the tree is like off to the side you see him just like his legs are crossed. He's leaning against the trees on the phone with Lois. I was like, oh, this is so adorable. This is, like, I, I've said it plenty of times before. This is my favorite Superman ever. Easily. Easily. And it's stuff like this, like him having weaknesses and humanizing him and limitations and issues. It's like, why is it so hard to do Superman? Like, you nailed it in Young Justice. Like, use this as a template of a perfect Superman. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I love Henry Cavill as Superman, but he doesn't bring enough of the goofy farm boy energy that Superman needs to have. And this was exactly it. Him being like, I swear I'm not at the watchtower to avoid diaper duty. (laughs) I just have my feet kicked up and I'm watching the earth. That's not a problem. Yeah, I'm looking at you right now. I love that he mentioned Iris, too, because they were talking about like anti-gravity poop. He was like, oh, yeah, Iris said that this wouldn't be an issue or that wouldn't be an issue. It's like, it's cool that the. I, I really love that episode last season where um all the moms were together with all the babies. Yeah, very meta uh, thing. You guys covered that episode the week that this one came out, and you guys couldn't remember whether or not Lois was pregnant. And the whole time I was sitting there like, well, no, she's not pregnant anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. It, it was a it was a fun time to be a listener of the show because that was going on. But yeah, what was this? What was the son's name? Oh, we are asking all the fantastic questions. Did they say it? Yeah, they definitely said it. John? John Kent? Oh, that sounds right. Um, oh, I probably Nate. Well, no, is this dead? I don't know. I actually don't know if his dad's dead in this universe. That's the cool part about DC is you never know what it's going to be. It yeah. could be that. It could be not. I got really scared for a brief moment in season three when we talked about having a pregnant Lois that that could have gone very differently depending on what DC universe you're in. Um, yeah. And, and it made me nervous too, because it was supposed to be like this goofy end credits, but then he's like, are the eyes red? Are the eyes red? Lois, where are you? Cyborg, I need a boom tube now. Boom. And then we didn't get the resolution either, which was, no, that's why I was like, is she like was this meant to be goofy the whole time because i'm very uncomfortable right now i mean it couldn't have been that bad he did come back and go to mars with uh john so i don't think he would be leaving if things went too awry i think it was still meant to be our goofy one especially because that leads into episode four so yeah i don't do you even want to talk about that post credit scene or credit scene rather for episode four um, it was sad. No, th- those relate to the story more. They weren't offset, so we'll we'll go into that. Okay. Um. So yeah, that's it for the openers. That's it for 
all the feedback that I see. Uh, if I missed it, I apologize. I'll definitely get on the next episode. If you didn't send any, you should, because I love hearing from you guys. And it doesn't even have to be typed up. You can send a voice message like uh, uh, on your phone. Just do a voice memo. Email it to us, animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com. We will happily play it. Um, yeah, it's a yeah. conversation. It's really nice to know what you guys are thinking. Let's get into arc one. Uh, disclaimer. There is a lot of Mars language. I'm not going to try to say any of it because then I'm going to be thinking about the pronunciation too much. So we have white Martians, green Martians. They live on Mars. There's the red Martians, which I guess is royalty. And then there's like the priest Martians. So we good with that? Yeah, we're good with that. Um, Yeah, I I have all the Martian written in my notes. I was... (laughs) I was ready to go. You can say it all you so want. I'll I, catch up as I go. I but. might be. The only one that I would like to just propose, um, every time that I have to censor myself from saying a swear word, I'm just going to say all now, because they were throwing that one in all over the place, and I started mm. looking it up. They specifically have not defined what ma'al means, but it's always like something bad happens. And they're like, what the ma'al was that? And you're like, okay, so we're just going to start subbing this in everywhere, aren't we? And they use it through the entirety of the arc. So, Is that what was graffitied on the wall? Or was that worse in ma'al? That was, that was worse. <laughs> that, oh, was, okay. uh, that was intended to be far worse. Of and a... you add that to my sailor dictionary then? Yeah, I mean, if you can read the Martian text, be my guest. Space Force, where you at? Um, <laughs> yeah, this was a this was a heavy arc. There was a lot of investigative work going on. I loved all the dialogue of we. You've worked with Dick. I've worked with Tim. We can figure this out. We're partially detectives. Um, I'm gonna go right off the bat and say Beast Boy was really, really, really annoying. Like I was genuinely irritated with him. Like, he was a snobby preteen the whole trip. Oh, for sure. They they did that intentionally. They yeah. wanted to let us know he was going through some things. He was missing some friends. He was missing some people. And that's that's kind of how people get. And just like good friends, you have to put up with it and do what you can. But also, you know, acknowledge the signs of, hey, maybe something's wrong. Maybe we need to talk to Garfield and see what's what's going on inside that little that cute little dragon head of his. I know, but even things like them being on the boat ride, like to their wedding ceremony, and he always had like the snarky stuff to say, or like the way he was sitting on the back of the boat until the little bat dolphins came up. I feel like we're talking about Avatar again with like combo animals. animals. Yeah, combo animals. Um, yeah, he just he really like I get what they were going for, but him as a person, like Superboy, should have backhanded him at some point. Oh, for sure. Um, personally, I've never loved Beast Boy for that reason. In almost all of his iterations, they tend to make him a very snarky, cocky teenager. Mm. And that's why I see it as fitting for the character. But I agree it was really annoying. However, I think this was a really good opportunity for them to show the character growth of Superboy. You look back at him in season one, he was a brash brute yeah. breakthrough everything. Now he is... He's dad now. He is calm, collected. Hey, you know, let's let's talk this out. Let's see what else we can do. Let's let's be sneaky. Let's not get people's hopes up. Whereas he would have gone in guns blazing to anything yeah. in season one. So they at least used it to their advantage to show the awesome character growth that they've had out of uh, SB. So 
yeah, they did that a lot with him and Brian's relationship in the last season and just kind of emphasized that more here. And I want to clarify, like, I don't think it was poor writing that Beast Boy was that way. I think he did a really good job at the character and portraying that emotion to just make me dislike him. Like, if he was like, if I was there in that situation, I'd be very irritated with that person. It wasn't like, man, why they write him that way? Like, it was very good writing, very good emotion, very good conveying of those emotions. It was just to the point where it's like, if I was in that situation, like, I would have been pissed off at him. Oh, f- um, for sure. The wedding stuff, the ritual stuff, all that was pretty cool. Um, especially when they were building the arch and it was like, we're going to see like the reflections of ourselves and like our bond as a family and this and that. So for the arch to actually collapse because the sisters were going at each other, like really emphasize those points that they were going for. Because it was like, why do we need made up Martian culture, right? Like, why does this need to be dragged out so much? But it really, really did help build um the dynamic of this family and these characters that i imagine we're going to be seeing more of in the future oh yeah i mean there was that amazing line of uh her sister getting or yeah her sister emery getting upset with her and saying you know all this happened why didn't you defend me i was just a kid and her thinking back to herself at the beginning of that episode saying to her brother when he said why didn't you take me with you i was just a kid it was just this poignant, like, yeah, we all do different things as a family, but we still need to come together at the end of the day. And then mirroring it in all of the actions that they were taking was awesome. And then I think those allowed for some of the most beautiful scenes in Young Justice as well. The fact that they had painted backgrounds for all of the wedding stuff, that cave, um, where they were doing the crystals, where they were getting all of the lava, that was hand-painted in the background of all of those. It felt like they pulled it from a comic book, and I was I was smitten, as per usual, with our fantastic <laughs> animation. You know, I actually was thinking about that when I was watching today, too, about how, like, the animation style actually is very simple. Extraordinarily, beautiful, yes. and and there's a lot to it, but they are very simple, and I think they use a lot of the creative stuff to put into the background, like you just mentioned, when they're in space, when they're in volcanoes, when they're in the ship. Like, there's so much beautiful, like brushstroke related stuff in the background, which really stands out. It looks stunning. Oh yeah, I have a couple notes of points where it was like, oh, the lighting was really good, but the characters are still just kind of pencil drawn markered in with easy shading dark on one side lighting or light on the other they let the characters do all of the acting and speaking for themselves as opposed to the animation but then just put it in the background um there was one really awesome thing i don't know if you picked up on it that they were doing uh during this arc however um in that first episode, they had the scene where Connor looked at McGon and said, hey, private channel, and they kind of went one-on-one with each other. Did yes! you notice that they faded all of the background and yes! blurred that? Yes, 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 yes. They gave it a shallow depth of feel that everything was blurred except for them. They did it once at the beginning, and then it was a constant thing throughout the arc that like, whenever everything else blurred out, it's like you knew it was a private connection between yes, them. The Thank that you for pointing that out. That. That. I geeked on that. That was so cool. Yes, yes. It was... I, I don't think they've done anything quite like that before of trusting the audience so much, but... Uh. Okay, so... I just did a deep dive and <laughs> okay. So I don't, I don't look at people's voice actors outside of the show, right? I'm enveloped. Jay Scott is the one who does all that, but I want watched... you about to bring up the sister. No, I'm about to bring up the dad. Oh, okay. Cause I... 
I was going to ask if you... I'll, I'll ask after. Go ahead. No, no, no. So I watched uh, a lot of CW Supergirl, and John Jones's dad shows up in that, and he vo- he's voiced by Carl Lumley. And the whole time I was watching Magan's dad, when he spoke, I was like, it sounds like the exact same dude. I just Googled it. It's the exact same dude. Should you tell everyone in the audience where they probably know Carl Lumley from? No. Is Carl Lumley not um, who played Isaiah Bradley in Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Or am I looking at the wrong Carl Lumley? Nope, that's him. Yeah. And now that you say that, it just has that familiar tone and everything else. I thought that's where you were leading when you were saying that. That's awesome to have. I was surprised at the fact that I recognized him of being another Martian in another CW or another DC universe. That's what I love about DC is they keep a lot of their voice actors and actresses very close together. And they just work on all these different projects, whether it be live action or regular. And it just brings a familiarity to it that I really, really enjoy. I mean, Uh hell, they brought uh, Kevin Conroy as Batman in CW. Yes, that was an awesome touch. Um, But so I'll also bring up while we're on the topic of voice actors. Did you recognize the sister of Emery? I don't, it didn't stand out to me. So she is voiced by Hinden Walsh, who is the voice of Princess Bubblegum in Adventure Time, but also more famously known as Starfire in Teen Titans. Oh, that's awesome. So I, I, the minute I heard the voice, I was like, I know this. And then as soon as I saw it was Starfire, it was like, yep, this clicks entirely. And you just couldn't get away from her sister is just voiced by Starfire. And it's an awesome familiarity. And again, I love that they bring these people back. I'm going to add to that when Beast Boy was having his trip in the last season and they had the Doom Patrol go instead of Teen Titans and they had the original Teen Titans voice actors, the girl who voiced Starfire was voicing Rita in the Doom Patrol. And she was supposed to be Rita or she looked like Rita throughout this whole episode. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's all connected. (laughs) Guys, like... I I know I can't talk to like live action MCU watchers, but it's like if you want story building and universe building, like this is it. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't get any better animated than this. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Zuhair and I were talking about this off air that like this show just has the continuity. If you want something that is just amazing storytelling and continuity, this is it. They know how to put one thread three seasons later and tug on it until the rug unravels and it's just all connected. And I love it. We've gotten so far off track, but I don't care because we're gushing and I love it. I think we did a good job at all the wedding stuff. Yeah, that's it. Well, (laughs) going into the continuity and circling back around. Uh, so wedding stuff's good. We got the whole family thing down. Um, her brother's a douche. That is getting stuff from Desaad, and th- I did not expect the Apocalypse uh, arc to have some overhangs into this season. Yeah, I wasn't expecting, like, any Apocalypse stuff to come in as quick as it did. Especially no. with Mars-related stuff, because, like, Earth doesn't even have any connection with Mars, and all of a sudden, like, Desaad does. And I get that the brother was on new Genesis and stuff like that. So there already was that interaction with new gods and stuff of that sort. Uh, but it was intriguing that he was working with him to the point of 
building a device that could kill all the green Martians and anybody with like yeah, hybrid ge- green Martian genetics. I was like, wow. Yeah. Wow. No, I, wow. <laughs> I, I, I just, I didn't know what to think. And I saw a Dasad and just was like, this doesn't fit. No, we're talking about Mars. We're, we're having a wedding. <laughs> we, we don't do bad things here. Yeah, for like for the brother to just be like, "Hey, I don't know about hybrids, so this might hurt you, but it's definitely going to kill all the green Martians." And he just took it. He was like, "All right, fuck you, mom." Like, but it might have also hurt himself because he's technically a hybrid as well. Yeah, he was aware of that, but the fact that he like he just happily was just like, "Yeah, I'll kill my mom off. She's green. Why not?" Yeah, I like damn. Like you should have been brain blasted more as a child. Seriously, and I get it. Like. You know, the, McGann did a really good job at explaining, like, how bad it was for them, like, being white Martians growing up. And I I think when she came to Earth, she was, like, 90-some years old, so it's not like she was dealing with it for, like, a short period of time. Like, yeah, that was them as being kids, but it's a long time to be a kid and deal with all that, especially when you can't hide your emotions. Like, you know, one of the things is bullying is, like, don't show them that you're afraid, right? Like, if you bored them enough, then they won't want to pick on you, but, like when they can get in your head and know that you're faking it, it's like, we can still take on them. Like the level of, like, I know there's a lot of like history related stuff that they're putting into this, but it's just insane to how they explained it and how they portrayed all that stuff. Yeah. And they did a good job of finally uh, showing us what it was really like by showing us, you know, the lower end of town where all the white Martians were living. You know, we heard about it, but seeing it was something else. But it did lead to the incredibly moving scene of her mom finally saying, you know, I accept you for who you are, because when you shifted into your quote unquote original form, it wasn't you anymore. This Megan, not Magan, is the real you. That was just an awesome way to kind of bring it full circle and say, you know, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be different. But you be you. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of experience of that with, like, immigrants and stuff, too, where it's like you come from a different culture, but when you adapt to, like, American culture, it's like, how dare you break off of that? Like, this is your culture. This is what our family's always done and this and that. But it's like, yeah, but I don't like it. Like, there's there's a lot. Like, I have a huge family, and there's, like, a lot of tendencies and stuff where it's just kind of like, Jesus Christ, like, I don't want to be here right now. Um, you know, like love my family, love my culture, I love from where I'm from, but there are always gonna be those little bits where it's just kind of like, hey, I'm kind of an American too. I grew up here. I grew up with friends that have no understanding of like where we're from and how things work on that part of the world, but like I need to adapt to where I am. So it's a lot of that was portrayed very beautifully in here. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself, and I, I'm happy to have you for your perspective. Um, on I talk about this. culture way too much on an animation podcast. <laughs> I I don't uh, agree in the slightest. You you bring <laughs> you just bring such a su- such a quality to it that is that's real. Like Young Justice has made it so that this is all poignant conversation. It's not like we're just talking about culture to talk about it. No, yeah. they're they're going for it. Um, well, I like that I can make up with my lack of professionalism with uh, inside of culture. <laughs> yeah. Um, Superboy was really intriguing with this. Um, the way that he was interacting with the family, the way that him and Beast Boy kind of had to adapt to the whole telepathic society. There's a lot of stuff where, like, a lot of people trying to communicate with him, where they were, like, downloading information and stuff. Beast Boy would freak out into that 
terrifying three-eyed creature. And, you know, Superboy was struggling with it. And this is the first time we see him bleed, too, like, while they're building the altar, was it? Um, I think he bled in the first episode. I don't know if that was while they were building the altar. No, that was when they were in the river thingy where they got married. Um, yes, that was when there was the cave-in due to mystery ball person um, in the cave. That's one way to put it. Did um, we, so did yeah, we see him bleed for the first time, and um, he did have an issue when they were building the altar, too, because that's when Beast Boy flipped out, and he was like, I'll protect you, Connor, and then knocked him out. Yeah. Um, I will say it was awesome that they left uh, the cut on his forehead through yeah. the entirety of the rest of the arc. It's just like, uh, they didn't need to do that, but they did, and it makes yeah. me happy. Um, and now he's dead, so we don't have to worry about seeing it again. Suhair, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cry again. You said beforehand we both grieve our own ways. We do both grieve our I own ways. I will joke about it. I... <laughs> I'm gonna cry afterwards anyway. This is why we don't do video. <laughs> yes, we are the stages of grief, though, because Zuhair's making jokes. And I am not kidding when I say I'm in denial. I have my conspiracy theory of how he is still alive, all set to go. Like... I'm it's... tearing up as I joke, if that helps. Oh no, so it's it's hard, but let, let's talk about that scene, because it was... Yeah, maybe, I mean, this is the last point on that whole scenario, was the way that they depicted Breon and how uh, Garfield was dealing with that PTSD of, like, fear. Like, everything shows that it was Breon's decision, but Beast Boy still feels like he let Breon down which was a really, you know, it's, it's almost like survivor's guilt in a sense. Yes. Uh, and like that whole sequence was just like so magnificently done and just so gut wrenching. I still thought he was being a brat, but uh, just the whole, the way that whole thing played out. And then these two things with the, the cut on his face and being knocked out was just more and more emphasis of like how much Kryptonians need sun. Yeah, I, w I was not ready to see the foreshadowing as it was happening. Like, yeah, right? They put it out there to be like, hey, he's vulnerable now, but you're still thinking to yourself, this is Superboy. He's not going to be vulnerable. They're not going to kill off an OG character on episode four. Oh, no, they did. <sighs> well, because like, I didn't believe uh, Ja'on Ja'on's Martian Manhunter was gone for a second. I... That that happened, I said no. I did. I was genuinely worried. When that Zeta 2 blew up, I was like, we're going that hard into this? We're killing off a leaguer in episode one? I, I was a bit worried because I love Martian Manhunter, but I there, there was just something about the way they played it. I wasn't ready to accept it. But... And again, like, I was like, it's 11.30, I should go to bed, but I need a podcast on this tomorrow. I'll watch an episode before I go to bed. Zeta tube exclude explodes. Is John alive? Oh, yeah. I'm going to sleep now. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah, I might have been spoiled because I watched them because they released the first two episodes together. I watched them right when I found out about oh, that's them. Right. So no, that's one I should have kept a cliffhanger for. I'm sorry. I, I personally agree. I think that should have either been the end of episode two or just release episode one. Like, let that yeah. linger for more than a second because it was the start of the next episode they were like yeah. and he's alive so don't yeah. worry about it um uh any other mars stuff before we get to the last confrontation 
Um, the only other thing, again, we've talked about Beast Boy and his uh, PTSD. They handled it so well with the telepath, I think it was Saturn Girl, um, fixing his brain, but then still saying at the end, look, this is going to fix your head trauma, but you have emotional trauma left. Go talk to people, like see what's going on, making sure to acknowledge, hey, we have magic here, but yeah. you're still part human, and yeah. hu- humans have a lot going on. And that's that's kind of what I talk to with friends who are on, you know, things like depression medication and stuff like that, where it's like, that will give you the boost that you need to deal with it, but unless you make the life child change and the decisions to deal with it, it's not going like this isn't a fix all like none of us would have depression if that was the case. Uh, so that's all I'll say about that. But it is like one of those important things where it's like this wasn't a permanent fix. Like you still have things to go through. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're we're trying not to get in the weeds too bad on all of the social issues, but they they came out kicking this season. Um, and yeah, it was all very powerful. Um, so yeah, Superboy's finally got to deal with that because they, you know, they have they find out how the prince's father died. You know, he was in love with the priest. The king said no because they were different colors. Um, Tale as old as time. And she snuck in to try to convince him, lost control of her powers. Killed him, became a priestess because of celibacy and all that stuff. Obviously, they still love each other, but after all that was concluded, all the detective work was finally closed, Magan's brother hit the trigger on the bomb that was going to kill all the Green Martians. Yes. Uh, who was the only person that wasn't a hybrid? <sighs> Our main man, Dent. Superboy. Well, yep. and the Legion was there, but we we don't know much about them. Yeah, just really quick. There's these three guys and one chick in a. Well, was the one chick in the hive Onyx, or was that somebody else? There's so there's three of them. I know their names from subtitles, and that's it. They never actually say their names. There's Saturn Girl, Chameleon Boy, and Phantom Girl. Those are the three that we have. Um, okay. And well, Chameleon Boy makes sense because I was wondering why he was like foragers species for a second but i guess he has some level of shape-shifting stuff yeah there's an interesting point that i noticed um each of them has a power of a martian Martian? yeah one can use telepathy one can shape-shift and one can phase their objects yeah so we don't know too much about them we were wondering what they were at the end of last season when we saw the ring for the first time so i guess we're just gonna keep tracking and uh let you know as we go Mm -hmm. we also know i'm not gonna google it i want to find out from the show yeah I, I I am severely not Googling anything, um, but like I said, we know they time traveled. That's the only other point that we got Yeah. in some capacity of mentioning history books don't talk about what we did here or not is yeah. very, okay, something is happening, but what is that something? It's very uh, Legends of Tomorrow, it's sounding. Yeah, but it's interesting that they didn't get a conclusion in this arc. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, I've, there's de- they're definitely going to be... Uh a consistent thing going through. Uh, but, you know, we do see Connor's sacrifice of him taking the the bomb into the lava. You see his skin start to burn, his clothes start to burn. He punches into the thing so the gas, like, dissipates into the lava a bit more. 
the gas like hits his eyes and he turned you know they turn green superman mentions you know when 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 superman reached i was like oh cool superman's gonna be here to save the day but the fact that you know the explosion having traces of kryptonite and then the Martians not being able to be near heat, it was like all you could do is just watch the silhouette of the body like in the lava. I was like, they're gonna get him out. Yeah. And then it cuts to the scene of Megan crying for three minutes. Yeah. That... End credit. And I'm like, oh, he's not. I, it didn't click to me that he actually died until they had that montage. I was like, oh shit, he's actually dead. Uh, and that's it... when I text you guys. I'm not crying. Yeah. No. It was. It was a lot. Um, on that topic of the kryptonite, I wonder if that's what the person from the sphere put on top of the bomb was like a little kryptonite bomb. That's that's my thoughts on this of why there was kryptonite involved was the little add on, so to speak. But um, even before that point, you talked about how it was bad with um, his clothes burning off in the lava. I got some serious invincible vibes um, before that, and it gives me chills to even say right now. If you watch it back, I didn't even notice it the first time. When he starts punching through the ground to get to the lava, his knuckles start getting bloody and bony, and the blood yeah. splatters across his face to show that he is not regenerating. He is putting his all into breaking up the ground to get this down there, and it was just so emotional and raw, and he did not take a second guess. He said, no, I'm doing this, not even to save Magan, to save anyone everyone That's just yeah. who he is as a person he was going for that and gosh i am i i just don't want to believe it because he is he's superboy we can't lose another kid flash hurt too bad superboy has hurt more because we've had longer if dick goes i riot like it's just i can't lose another i agree with garfield i can't lose another friend yeah and uh, kind of a transitionary piece. Um, but when Artemis is standing in front of the memorial, we got Kid Flash on one side, Superboy right next to him. I was like, that hit hard. So interesting. Artemis wasn't actually in that shot. It was only our original four from the first episode. It was the statue of Kid Flash, the statue of Superboy, and then only Dick and Calder actually in that end credit scene which it was only robin aqualad and kid flash that saved superboy in that first episode so it was actually the original four standing in that scene again so i was actually talking about in the middle of the episode but that is a great oh i thought you were talking about i thought you were talking about the one at the end credit sorry no i'm glad we got that out of the way though um yeah i know i didn't even i didn't even think about that that's that's pretty powerful I will uh, take they're in like their, they're in like their uh, um, I don't know how else to say it, but they were in their civilian clothes too. Yeah. Um, but there was a point where Artemis was gearing up and she was looking at both of them and kind of like crossing her head between both because she even had the dialogue. It was like, I know what Megan's going through right now. Yeah. And that was the thing. We didn't see Megan again. We know that Garfield came back. So possibly Megan came back, but we didn't see a a lick of her which is i can only imagine what she's actually going through oh my god we had to say bye to bioship too yeah i mean just that baby now what's forager gonna do 
They even mentioned that too, because like they had a really long moment of like Forger saying bye to Bioship. There was some serious romance in there. Like, oh yeah, Forger's maybe girl, they had yeah, a bad breakup, or like she maybe Forger's like the clinky type, <laughs> and Bioship just wasn't taking it. She was like, "I'm just old. I'm gonna stay over here." Yeah, that was what if Forger's baby's dad. Oh no, <laughs> it's Forge. Oh no. <laughs> No, I'm just saying no, it's not real. They reproduce through osmosis or mitosis or whichever one that it is. Porter's baby's dad. No, I refuse. Uh, <laughs> uh, that would be something. That would, that would actually be something. But that was a weirdly emotional, like, I did not expect to be sad that Bioship was gone. Like, it's, yeah. it's the ship. It's cool. It shape shifts. They had the little Star Trek Easter egg at the beginning, but it's yeah, it's it still cool. the ship. Um, but yeah, that was that 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 was interesting. I don't I don't want to yeah. think about this Forager thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting pretty close to the hour mark, so I think we need to hit the Artemis stuff because we're halfway through that arc. Yeah. If, if they're going like four episodes per arc, um, it seems like we're about that halfway point. So she's mourning, as everyone is, but her sister is getting reinvolved with the shadows in terms of like getting revenge. So we're getting lots of League of, Sh- League of Shadows stuff going on. We're getting lots of League of Shadows and lots of my favorite two words in all of the DC universe, um, the Bat family. Yep. Um, we are getting a lot of that, and I'm very excited. And I completely forgot until you guys did the season three coverage that they teased the uh, gentleman in the red hood and the baby in Talia's arms. Uh, I guess we should give a spoiler warning for anyone who doesn't know who those two characters are. I kind of spoiled it on the last episode. Okay, right? that's... A re-spoiler warning. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, didn't... they said Damien. They just they don't did know that. Say spoiler, da- Damien Wayne. I was about to say, I I didn't know for the longest time that Bruce Wayne had a child until... Yeah, there were some stories where they were, like, just kind of, like, together for a while, and there were some where, like, Talia actually drugged Bruce and nailed him. Yeah, because they were married at some points in some of the comics. I don't think it was willingly. (laughs) Well, yeah, no, it was one of those, like, either you die or you become the head of the League by marrying Talia. Like, those were his two options. And the Arrowverse hit that, too. They had Oliver Queen and um, uh, Nissa Al Ghul. Exactly. It's it's largely the same thing. But I do... It's funny because Nissa was technically married to Sarah Lance. So there was a whole weird, like... Yeah, because they both also hooked up. Um, but now, I just like that DC is still leaving these little maybe will kind of surprise you with it things in the event that someone doesn't know that um, it's Mr. Todd under that red hood there. Because, um, I mean, we've done that story a lot in the last, like, ten years of, like, who's the red hood? But they're still being like, hey, someone might not know. Let's not just spoil this out the gate. And I really appreciate them doing that. Under the Red Hood is my favorite animated movie. Which I haven't seen that Um, one yet. That's... Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, Arkham Knight was a fantastic game. Yes, that was... uh, 
You know, Red Hood is one of those underappreciated characters. Like somebody was cosplaying as him. I can't remember what his uh his his girl was dressed up as, but I walked by and I was like, "Hey, I love the I love the Jason Todd get up." And he like looked at his girl to like make sure that he heard me right. <laughs> she was and I I I kind, he didn't respond, so I kind of turned and I was like, "All right, like don't take the compliment." But I heard her say, it's like, yeah, like somebody knew who you were. It wasn't that much of a mystery. He was like, thank you so much. Just like, yeah, of the way back. I was like, oh, you're very welcome. Like he had the tan biker jacket and the logo on the chest piece and like a big helmet, like a nice glossy helmet. I was like, yeah, that looks sick. That's awesome. I need it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm very excited for them to dwell into that. I hope it's just not a tease at this point. They teased it last um, time. I, I don't think they'll yeah. tease it again. Yeah. Um, who do we need to run through real quick? Uh, Savage. Cassandra Savage? Yes, we have Cassandra Savage. Um, and and Onyx. Are I guess we two... can get into the question that TJ Stafford asked at the beginning of uh, who, who do we believe, Onyx or Cassandra? I wouldn't be surprised if both of them were moles, but I don't trust Cassandra. It's, but I was that I was wondering like what the big like one year gap question was going to be like how did this happen? Her losing half her face and her whole f-ing arm was definitely one of them. Yeah, I mean, it's like oh that was just your timeout. Yeah, it's Vandal Savage. We I can't say I was surprised to know that to that's what he did. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't I don't know who to believe either. I agree. I could totally see them both being moles just to screw with everyone. Yeah. I could also see them playing some weird game where she's actually against Savage and Onyx is the mole. I don't know why I'm getting that vibe, but the way that Savage like, is going against Darkseid and stuff, there's there's some questions there. But like we're let I think TJ even made the point that we think that Onyx isn't it because he f- she fits like the age group of the team. But we watched how she, like Cassandra responded when she watched her sister's head get snapped. Which yeah. confirmed it that, is sister. that it is her sister. <laughs> Vandal does have daughters and the fact that she was taken from her mother when she was four was a really big deal. Uh, when she mentioned that she had like half siblings and it cut to orphan. I thought that orphan was one of the half siblings. I thought that was supposed to be like ding, 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 but it ends up being, um, what's the hot, uh, enforcer's name. That doesn't clear it up at all. Zoo hair. Um, there's only two enforcers, Deathstroke and Shiva. They're just all hot is what I was saying. Um, yes, Deathstroke is very hot, but the female not, one. Not, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, Shiva. That was interesting. Hot's for him. Uh, different, different one, different universe. We don't, we don't talk about that one. That one's weird. Um, did did you watch that one in the yes, uh, Teen Titans versus Young Justice, uh, or what was it? Um, the Judas Contract, where Judas contract. there is a very teenage Terra that oh. has the extraordinary hots for a very old Deathstroke. So uncomfortable. Yes, yes, but anyhow. They they do a very good job of introducing, again, a whole other gambit of characters that we really don't have. I know you guys, I think it was Jay Scott even brought up 
on that cast was orphan trained by Shiva at some point. He just was kind of grasping at straws because we got them introduced at the same time. He's like, that would be really cool. Well, it turns out not only was she, but she was her daughter, which was an interesting uh, dynamic with everything going on. I will say orphan is a savage in terms of fighting. Yeah. And as much as Tigris told them not to kill Black Spider, she was going for straight kill shots that entire time. She was ready to kill Cheshire. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. She's someone who else defected from the shadows, and I thought it would be like an oath of silence or something. I didn't realize her mom actually crushed her vocal cords. I was like, oh. Yeah. So, so there is a question. that actually made the joke. I was like, that's why she gets along with Batman so well. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, so there's the question here. They're defecting from the shadows. Who is even in charge of the shadows anymore? Because obviously we found out last season that Raish is not in charge. Who Who is in charge of the shadows that they're defecting from and would be a mole for? No, he just isn't in the light anymore. I thought he wasn't in charge of the shadows. No, he's still the... Because I thought he pointed out, like, look around this island. Do you see any shadows here? Because it was just him... Talia, the baby, Red Hood, and Sensei were the only five on the island. We'll look into it, but I'm pretty sure that he's still the demon's head. He's just not part of the light anymore. Okay. I, oh, I guess we gotta watch season three again. Oh no, I have to watch more Young Justice. Twist my arm. I was begging to be here. We can totally watch just that one episode and find out, but sure, let's just watch the whole, the whole thing. <laughs> right. season again. We'll be back in two months to let you know what the answer was. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just my thoughts. Um, if somebody else beats us to it, just write an email. Animation Deliberation Podcast at gmail.com. There's so many characters to keep track of. I had to look up which Harper we were looking at when they were had the one in the van. We saw three. I thought we only saw two of the three. No. Um, See, there's Roy two. Pop- Roy popped up at the... So you have Roy is Arsenal. Roy we saw Arsenal and we saw Guardian. No, that beginning. wasn't. Guardian. They were in the car together, was it? I yeah, that was Guardian. I we saw Red Arrow at one point. I don't remember if he had any dialogue, but he was there at one point. Yeah, he talked to Arsenal about being a mole and backhanded him. Yeah, so it was at the end. It was towards I, the end. I thought the I one in the so hard car part. was the one that okay. No, that was Guardian because he's the one that started the, um, what the something bow, bow hunter security. I think it is. I don't think it was bow hunter. It might be. But he's the one that started the security company, and the fact that he was kicking ass with the clipboard and a pen, and I was like, "Yeah, you're my kind of guy." That was a very John Wick of him. That was um, an awesome fight scene in the street there with all that of was our my favorite arrows. clipboard. <laughs> Uh, uh yeah dude that fight scene was what showed me that they had an hbo budget now yes yeah we're... that was like they they had a very high bar from season one but oh my god did it look so much smoother yeah i will say i really am in love with these two episodes and probably the rest of the arc because i love the boots on the ground no superpowers how can we outwit them by being awesome at what we do kind of people and like you said because they have this huge or not huge budget but the hbo budget yeah we got two episodes with two awesome fight scenes do you remember the villain that was with black spider (sighs) um 
it was named Shurik? Kurtik? It was something... Rictus was the name of that villain. Rictus? Rictus. R-I-C-T-U-S. Um... Never seen any of that character. Actually, um, according to the wiki, it is their debut. So we've never seen this character before in the show. So that's actually the point that I was getting at. Is I think Rictus and Onyx were the only two characters we're seeing for the first time in this arc. Um, yes. In the last in the last arc, you know, we had all the new Martians and everything. But when Beast Boy had his little flashback of how the Outsiders are right now. Uh, first off, love Cassie's new uniform. Looks awesome, but that's where we saw Stargirl for the first time. Yes. And then the girl that was in, who was getting help, who had like the the uh, the tornado power, like she was part of the team now, which was really awesome to see. Yeah, I believe her uh, hero name for, is Windfall. Windfall? That's a cool name. Yeah. Uh, but for this one, we had these two uh, with Rictus and... Onyx, so it's cool that we're actually getting more of because we've seen Arrowhead before, we've seen Arsenal before, uh, we saw Orphan, but we got to see more of that. Yeah, Orphan and Spoiler are kind of newer. Like yeah. they were a part of the Bat Family, but we didn't really focus on the Bat Family last season. So. Yeah, and I love how much they mentioned Batman. I love that the ha- oh man, I text you guys about it. Oh the the respect- what was the dialogue? It was just, it showed how much respect that she had oh. for Batman. It was when she was on the bench with Cheshire, and Cheshire yeah. says, just because the Bat says she's okay, you trust her, and without missing a beat, Artemis was like, yes. Yeah. She didn't even let her Question. finish the sentence. She was like, yes, with the straightest of faces, and I was like, I haven't even seen Batman yet, and I love him so much already. We, we in Batman, we trust. Um, oh, man, this... This might arguably be my favorite animated Batman too. Um, this I, easily is my favorite DC property. I I would concur highly with that. Um, you guys have gotten to talk a lot about it because you've done it. I'll give everyone a peek behind the curtain to my preferences. I love DC properties. This is it for me. And uh, Dick Grayson's Robin slash Nightwing is arguably my favorite superhero. Full stop. Like, he is just up there. The real answer is probably Batman, but the way that they differentiate Dick in this show to be the moral version of Batman, I really love. So, yeah, I'm totally on board, and I would agree. This is up there with some of the best Batmans competing with the Arkham series game Batmans. Mm -hmm. Those ones do a really good job as well. But yeah, same heartbreaking origin story, which they've touched on a little bit too. But him what was being that? The moral opposite. His parents being killed. Oh, uh, how did I forget about that? I don't know. Yeah, it was one of the earlier episodes. I mean, there was this thing, so they kind of went into it, and that was when uh, KF wasn't on that mission. It's like this is the one you should have had me on. He was like, "No, nah, I had to. I had to do this on my own." I hope you know I was being super sarcastic about the tragic origin stories. I saw of your Batman face, staying. but then you weren't saying anything, so I was like. <laughs> Okay, if I'm reading your face wrong, then let me just remind the listeners if they don't remember. Yes, well, that's one of the things I love about DC is you don't question their storytelling of the reason he could become Robin at a nice at a young age is because he was a trapeze artist growing up from birth and with his parents he could flip around and do things. So suddenly transferring him into this role is super 
awesome and it just makes sense to have him be this sidekick like they do a lot of that really good storytelling um through oh, the comics another and all thing the i really appreciate it speaking of that it's not one of these stupid scenarios where just because the league of shadows is such an old organization they only use swords like congratulations on knowing how guns work and being able to use a sword Yes, and also weapon diversity is very important. Super People cool continuity thing as you talk about um, how good the League of Shadows was in this episode. That the ramen truck that they started fighting out of pulled in front of them in traffic yeah. before that happened. I was like, they didn't need to do that. They could have just shown up and like sideswiped them like in every other traffic scenario. Instead, they were like, oh no, it's going to get in front of them, shoot a trank dart at Arrowette, and then the fighting starts. Yeah, and it was like, we knew that, well, Arsenal found a sniper later on, but you knew that it was at a point where it's like the truck had to intercept, and then they were waiting for the point where they crossed the sniper, and then the sniper hit in, then the truck came out, and I was like... But the sniper was behind them because they stopped at some point. It was like, this is such attention to detail. Yeah, they're getting so good at it, and I absolutely love it. Um, I hope people are, like, listening this far and just knowing, like just how much there is to talk about yeah i looked at the clock um as we were talking about the intros and outros and we went for like the first 20 minutes about that i was like okay we have a lot to talk about because this show is just season four has ramped it up in a insane capacity it feels like compared to season three yeah um i'm excited to just be able to talk about this every week now yes i'm i'm so excited to talk and or listen whatever whatever part I play <laughs> a little bit of both. Oh, I know. Um, so back to Rictus, we kind of touched on this, but I had some other thoughts. Do you think he gave me the heebie jeebies? Well, I'm going to question if it's a he or not um, until we actually confirm because the armor looked a bit feminine. Um, yeah, but I was questioning, do we think that was something along the lines of they figured out how to like absorb Halo's power? I don't know why that was the first place my mind went, but I saw like the purple glowing. And I remember we talked about Halo has these Infinity Stone style. She turns a color and a thing happens. I can't remember what purple was. Heal. Okay. So my theory's debunked, but I was curious. Um, they seem to be it's so fun- nice being on the on the giving end of that. <laughs> I mean, but it could be though because the boosters came out of the arm. It went in, and then it was purple, like putting the arm back together. Um, it just seemed like they focused a lot on the color, and the only other like color-based character we have is Halo. Um, I'm taking it as a design choice. And it could very well be that. If they have something to do with Darkseid, it wouldn't surprise me. That's, that's something to keep track of. Yeah, I mean, we've already, again, said Apocalyptin tech is not out of the question. Um, we have Vandal Savage, who just backstabbed um up uh dark side in the last season so but they're on good terms again but we also had the last episode where metron stepped back in but like is there really such thing as good terms with dark side or good things with vandal savage like i mean they're not butting heads as we know right now but the the metron storyline is interesting i'm wondering if he's actually if he's just observing Halo and Cyborg, or if he's like adding some experimentation of his own. Yeah, who knows? I mean, is it a watcher? Are they going to say they're only watching and then jump in? Break your oath. Next time on Young Justice. (laughs) 
Yeah. Also, uh, can we talk about how Artemis... I'm just reading through my notes here. Artemis's name is Artemis this whole time. She never changed that. Like, I knew that. I don't think I knew her last name was Croc until today. Um, they did but... a lot of cool storytelling with the names and the backstories of their names, but I was yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like yeah. some Shang Chi energy of like you changed your name to Sean, really? That yeah. was the best you could do. Like she left her name as Artemis after being a superhero named Artemis. Like no wonder we found her. <laughs> yeah, all I just like it took me three seconds to find her. Yeah, that was just like. A... But even Jade was like, "You need to cover up better for my daughter." I'm so oh, and I also like that they were very specific about like this call is for emergencies, and that's only because Will doesn't have the same blood type. Yes. Oh. Yes, it's we're gonna that throw that level that much detail in there. Okay. Yeah, they again. She was heated. It's a character-driven show, and they're just bringing in all these characters that like have such nuances to why they do things. And Jade is a perfect example of layer on layer on layer of what she thinks is right and wrong in the world. Oh, I'm putting this out there to all the listeners. If anybody can find me the photo that they framed up on the wall, <laughs> I actually want... A, I'm not even kidding. Andrew's laughing, but I'm not even kidding. I want that framed on my wall because it looks so cool. I did a brief goog and could not find it when he asked for it. So I'm... I mean, there's no Young Justice merchandise. So it's like, I may have to like find that frame and throw it into Illustrator and like vector it myself, which is a lot of work. I might just pay my buddy to do it, but I want it. I'm not kidding. I'll make that a double. If, if we're really putting the call out there like that, I would also love it. <laughs> if it happens to be made. Yeah, if there's, if you're already doing one, I don't know why a second one would be that if, difficult. If Zoo's already paying you to do it, then I guess I'll just take a copy for being on the show. <laughs> that will be my payment. It's fine. That's, that's all I need. It's fine. <laughs> Graphic designers ain't cheap. <laughs> well, I mean. Worth every penny, but not cheap. All right, the only other point I have is uh, Artemis's new boy toy. Do we have any thoughts? See where it goes? Yeah. He seems very charming. I like his dog. I like his dog, too. I, I like his energy uh, just the whole time of like, wait, I'm your boyfriend? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was so giddy. I loved it. I mean, we've all been there. It's a It's a funny situation to be in. And the way that Cheshire just like knew what his background was right off the bat, it's like, oh, let me guess, because I know Artemis's type. Oh, I took it as she keeps tabs because she needs to make sure a little of both. I was about to say checks out. And uh, I'm curious to know what the name of the next episode is going to be, because we got two book titles for these two. Um, I I just am curious what the next book is, because it was the tale of two sisters and then Artemis through the looking glass as opposed to Alice through the looking glass. So do you want me to tell you? No. I, I know I know it's out there. I'm just they're doing I'm really looking cool, right at it, but I'll I'll say they're doing really cool motifs, and I just want to know yeah. what cool motif is coming next. That's I was never that big into literature and all that, but like I, I and also like because of Mandalorian, like I don't read the episode titles. I actively try to avoid them until it comes in because I hate when spoilers are in the titles. Um, but that was one of the ones I happened to see afterwards, and then I was like, oh, that all makes sense, because Young Justice is just a genius when it comes to continuity. Yeah, there, there's no better way to say it. I love it. It's fantastic. I, I love it all. 
again, I'm happy to be back. This is it's really happening. I'm glad uh we could share this moment and hopefully the javelin will be back soon so that we can geek with uh Jay Scotty soon as well. Yeah, Jay Scotty, uh write us some feedback at <laughs> animation deliberation podcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> Get your thoughts out there. Oh my god. We're gonna have to it's got to boom tube that message to us. <laughs> oh, I did not expect that joke to go over as well as it did. <laughs> it was beautiful. Ah, uh, this was fun. Yeah, we are one way or another. We are going to have an episode every week until this is done because it's just too good to not be able to. And what's great is that we typically record on or we try our best to record on Thursdays anyways. And that's when the episode comes out. So it's going to be nice to just watch it and then just go straight to the desk and get her done. Yeah. Don't, don't tell everyone our secrets, though. They'll know when we're recording and when we miss days. Oh, I'm very I'm not professional. <laughs> We try to emphasis on try to. I when people ask me like, "Hey, what are you doing tomorrow?" I was like, "I don't know. Ask me tomorrow." My work schedule could change like thirty times over. I mean, I'm a student, so I know exactly how that goes. <laughs> Stupid cancellations. You wanted to plug something about how we can catch all of these art artworks. I do. So um, I pointed out to Zoo Hair before the episode that HBO is doing an awesome thing um, with each of the arcs. They actually have made a poster for the individual arcs. So at this point, we obviously only have two posters, but they both look fantastic. And it looks to be like it's not just screen caps from the episodes. They are making these with shadows and drawings and everything else. I really love the one for arc two because it looks like a pencil drawing of cheshire's mask just in the distance it's an awesome thing that they're doing um on top of that hbo is actually changing the backdrop to when you open up um young justice on hbo max so you can see these things but um while talking about i wanted to bring this up we were like how can we show this to everyone on the internet if only there was a place that was social and you could share your media and uh would you look at that we have made an Instagram page. So all of you guys, if you want to head on over to, did we call it animation? I guess there aren't handles on Instagram. But it's called Animation Deliberation is the actual name of the page, I believe. It's animation. Deliberation. Yeah, now I'm the unprofessional yeah. one that hasn't looked it up. Yep, just animation deliberation, all one word, and it should pop up. We have two posts at this point, and um, just so that everyone can see the posters, I'm going to bug Jay Scotty and Zuhair to put those posters up there so everyone else can see them, and then hopefully when we get more posters, we'll have more of them up there. I'm just geeking over the My Hero one now. Like, God, that armor looks so sweet. Yeah, the more things we talk about, the more we're going to want to put stuff up there. Um, hopefully, they'll use it as a way to kind of announce as projects are coming. And... Yep. You know, who knows? Surprise when things drop. Like, um, I'm sure you're going to have that light year coming up soon whenever that drops. Yeah, whenever um, this jerk host edits me, not Jay Scotty. I was about to say, why are you calling out Jay Scotty like that? That's harsh. No, I, I, I said that I would do this one because we were recording a lot of things at once and I've just neglected to do so because it is very difficult being a photographer and then recording. 
and then editing photos, and then editing a podcast while being on medication because I have tendonitis and I am in loads of pain. Yeah, they just haven't taught me how to uh, edit anything yet, so when that happens, then they'll probably just be yelling at me every episode. I don't say yelling. I just <laughs> shit talk you. Nicely asking, I mean. <laughs> it's brotherly love. I, I appreciate it. That's that's the fun of doing things that we love like this. And I hope all of you guys enjoyed our ranting and ravings throughout this episode. Yeah, we haven't talked about Young Justice for like 20 minutes now. Alright, this is Animation Deliberation. We will be covering these episodes weekly, so hopefully they'll be a little bit shorter so that you can get your entertainment and go back to your lives in a shorter span of time. Thank you, as always, for joining, Andrew. J. Scotty will be back next week. Uh, Tune in next week, and as always, stay whelmed. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire, the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, Make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark. Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things. With a program that complements your regular recycling. plastics can be so much more. Give the trash a second chance it was hoping hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today. There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire, the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the line's being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark. Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. plastics can be so much more. Give the trash a second chance it was. 
Discard the recycled plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today.